Hello, everyone. I want to take this opportunity to say thank you. As you go at the Golden Boot, so do our needs, but we cannot do it without you. We ask that you continue to like our posts, share our content, and subscribe to our YouTube, Facebook, and other social media platforms. You may also visit thegoldenboot.com for the latest merch. If you would like to make a financial donation, you can do so through Cash App at Money Sign Golden Boot or through PayPal at paypal.me slash golden boot. We look forward to bringing you more laughs, knowledge, and entertainment. And again, thank you for your endless support. Sincerely and respectfully, the Golden Boot team. The views and opinions expressed in the Golden Boot podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Golden Boot podcast as a whole. Y'all ready to get rolling? Quiet on the set. Hey, welcome back to another episode of HBCU Hour. It's your boy Pooh Bear. I got my man Aunt Petty Murphy in the building. And uh welcome to day six of Black History Month. Where we're gonna celebrate black history all year anyway. But anyway, what's good, my boy? How you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm good, bro. How you doing, man? Man, I'm good, man. I'm hanging in there. Can't complain. Uh, but again, like I said, happy Black History Month. Uh, we are going to celebrate all month, all year, actually. We might not put up the, the, the different graphics, but we're going to celebrate. Uh, today, Jack Johnson, first black heavyweight boxing champion. Uh, during the height of the Jim Crow era, 1908, Jack Johnson won in the, in the 14th round by stoppage, won the heavyweight championship bout, becoming the first black heavyweight champion in boxing and then uh held on to it for eight years so yep, yep. to jack johnson and he ended up going to jail for something after that a little while later and he actually ended up patenting a wrench mm. that became known as the monkey wrench is that true i always heard is that true yeah he had he has one of the patents for it when i went to the muhammad ali museum they had uh something in there about him okay Jack Johnson, man. Uh, I always think about uh, coming to America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I always think about that when I when I think about Jack Johnson. Uh, but also, man, hey, money, 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 money. Help us hit 1K. You help us hit 1K, you can win $100. If you've already subscribed, well, go ahead and subscribe to do that. If you've already subscribed, recommend a friend, refer a friend. Uh, let us know that you referred that friend, and you and that friend will be entered for a hundred dollars. So, more people you enter, the more chances you get. 
Nice. It's nice. Uh, Dave Reverend, this thing said, uh, first. <laughs> What's good, Dave? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You right about that third comment. I'm not going to read it aloud. Oh, man. Yeah, that's what he went to jail for, though, bro. Yeah, it is. I, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Let's get started, man. Uh, the swag swag put out uh softball preseason awards and predictions, um, and predictions about the order of finish. Uh, they thought this year in the Western Division, <coughs> uh, it was voted that Prairie View will come out of the West, Alabama State will come out of the East. Um. I know I don't know if we got much, you know, if you got much on in, input on. I tell you what, I do know Alabama State has a really good softball team. That's because <laughs> I used to see them all, so when I used to live in Montgomery, my barber like was was literally across the street from their practice field. And yeah, them girls was good. I don't know. I don't know much about softball, so I believe uh these posts for now. <laughs> yeah. Um and then you had the um, other player awards, preseason player awards. You got the preseason player of the year is Kendall DeRamus, uh for Alabama State. The preseason pitcher of the year is Jasmine uh, Gendorf. I hope I said that right, from Texas Southern. Um, and then the first team. Uh, I don't know if I want to go down this whole list. Uh, but nah. if you want, you know what I'm saying, if you're watching on YouTube, we have the list up. If not, Google is free, according to Aunt, Aunt Betty Murphy. So it is. It's a, it is free for now, foreseeable future. Yeah. But yeah, so softball season starts this week, so that it'll be good to go ahead um, and start catching up on softball, man. Because softball yeah. does start this week. Um, baseball. Baseball. Week. Speaking of baseball. Um, the Cactus Jack Baseball Classic next week. Yes, sir. Next Friday, man. Out there in Houston, they got uh, I think nine games. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, I think six different HBCUs. Most of them swag schools, but uh, right. well, all of them are swag, swag schools. Right. Oh, my bad. But yeah, so uh, six six swag schools. Uh, Prairie View, Grambling Southern, uh, Mississippi Valley, Jackson State. And I think Texas Southern is the last one, but yeah, I think so that's it's, so uh, yeah, it should be some some good baseball and a good way to kick off you know baseball season in the sweat. Yeah, we talked about this uh, early on, and I was saying that my only gripe, and I get why it is, I would have loved to see um, some different, you know, what I'm saying like some. Miac or maybe some SIAC schools or something like that play, uh, yeah. but I I understand why logistically it's probably not that that feasible to to make that happen. So because uh, if you look at it, everybody playing is pretty much in the uh, yeah, everybody playing is, is five hour drive or less. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah so yeah. So that's, that's, that stands out. Uh, but sticking with baseball, coach, uh, I'm, I'm gonna mess this up. Is it Kador Kador? Yeah, Kador. Kador and Ricky Weeks inducted into the College Baseball Hall of Fame. Yes, sir. Ricky Weeks, the GOAT. 
the only HBCU player to ever win the Golden Spikes Award, which is the award for the best player in college baseball. So, Ricky Reeks was really, he was really a different different level when he was playing, man. So he's well deserved for those two. Yeah, so kudos to them. Kudos to them. Um, baseball season is still, I mean, not baseball, basketball season is still ongoing. And um, it's, getting, it's getting a little, little heated at the top, man. I'm, I'm just say this <clears throat> my, my, my thoughts of, of how I tried to do last week game pick last week games, I was like two or seven, but it was, it was, it was one or two of the ones that I, I picked that I was like, okay, yeah, this I did good. So it was a uh, <clears throat> grambling. Beat down Alabama State at the uh, Dunn Oliver Acadome, 73-60. Pine Bluff uh, went to Alcorn and lost uh, a close one. Lost by three, 67-70. Fam, you went to Texas Southern and came out with the win of 76-69. Alabama A&M took on the Swack leading Southern Jaguars and took them down uh, in a new pretty facility that that TML one gymnasium uh, that that athletic facility. Listen, I keep telling y'all that facility is nice. Um, I, I don't think that's the what's called it, but anyway, uh, ain't no ones eighty two to sixty one. Uh, Mississippi Valley came out with oh, the dub over Jackson State eighty two. To seventy eight, that was actually kind of a surprise for me. Um, that one in the AM game, I picked AM, but I wasn't expecting. It. And then Bethune, this was another one. Yeah, Bethune. Reggie Thies, you know, what I'm saying, uh, oh, I told you, man, Riverboat Reggie, man. He said he got something to prove. He, he uh went in there and, and, and took down Prairie View sixty to uh, fifty eight. <laughs> But don't sliding up the rankings and sweat. I mean, they still middle, you know, middle of the pack of ways. But right. they've been they've been making a race up the run, up the rankings. But uh, that that battle at the top finna get real interesting, man. Very, very interesting. Um, in the Legacy Classic out in Utah, Morgan State beat Delaware State seventy five sixty five. Ended Delaware State two game winning streak. Because uh, <laughs> Delaware State, you know, they was, they had been struggling yeah. for a while. They yeah. they started making a little run trying to, but Morgan State went ahead and you know, said put a halt to that. Uh, Norfolk State uh, took down Hampton, eighty three seventy one, pretty convincingly, very convincingly, yeah. So uh, Norfolk State is still that they are right now. They are my favorite to come out of the uh, MEAC. I don't know, man. I, I know, know. I know, I know, I know the other little school, but you got Maryland Eastern Shore and you got Howard. I keep, I, I keep forgetting because <clears throat> Maryland Eastern Shore been yeah, they, them and Howard both only got one loss. Um, North State only has two, but I don't know how I, I, I'm gonna go with Howard, man. I, I like what I saw when I watched them play. They they a scrapper team, man. I, I'm gonna go with Howard. Yeah. Um. So I talked about Alabama A&M's facilities. Well, mm-hmm. you know, 
our, our good friend Miss Miss uh, Black College Experience on on Twitter. If you if you get a chance, go check her out. Uh, she toured the facility, and I didn't get permission from her, so I'm not gonna play a video. Uh, I don't, I actually don't get permission from nobody when I play their video, but you know, so I ain't gonna do you know saying. Y'all go to her page. <laughs> Y'all go to her page and check it out. Uh, she toured that that new facility, athletic facility. It is a game changer. Yeah, it's definitely nice. a game changer. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I was gonna say uh, jetted, um, jetted tubs or, or I, can't, I forget uh, athletic. Uh, I guess you say athletic whirlpools. You know, for for recuperation. <laughs> uh, the medical staff, this that the tables and stuff. As far as like how how it's set up, everything is set up. It's just it's set up to like you go in there, you and you can if you close your eyes. Well, I ain't gonna say close. If you take and covered up all the logos in there. You could walk in there and you wouldn't you could confuse it with a lot of of group of five schools. So yeah. even some power I, five. So that's the reason why uh, Shannon Sharp didn't say that name whenever he was bringing up schools when he was talking about facilities. That's true. Shouldn't have brought a pair of you neither, honestly. But he really shouldn't have because Prairie View has beautiful, beautiful facilities. Um but yeah, man, that that is, you know, what I'm saying shout out to them. Uh, and I do know they got some more things coming. Uh, Coach Maynard finna have his way as well, so he finna get some improvements on his side as well. So be on the lookout for that. All right, coming moving soon. on. So, yeah, yeah, coming soon. Moving on to um, football. Looks like Bethune Cookman has their man. Yes, sir. Uh, in a tweet and delete. <laughs> Raymond Woody announced that he was uh going home. He's gonna be the new uh coach at Bethune Cookman. However, uh he he did take it down. Um yeah, they came out, they announced today though that they uh Bethune officially announced today that he he's their guy. So I'm oh, okay. uh <clears throat> I, 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 I saw they say it was waiting on they were gonna make an official announcement. Yeah, they it, it came out it, today. It came today. Okay, yeah, so there came, you go, it, boom. It came uh, out today that uh, they and somebody somebody said the contract has been signed. So uh <laughs> I don't know if that was some shade or if they was just you know stating yeah. the fact, but uh so yeah, it looked like they got that guy, you know, it looked like He's somebody who wants to be there. Obviously, he's an alum. Right. He's he's had some experience at a few Power Five schools and some other schools in the Florida area. So yes, so it's like a well, a well. You ready for guy. this? You ready for it? Because yeah. I, I did a little preparation. Raymond Woody, BCU alum with mm-hmm. twenty five plus years experience. Uh, he started off at the high school level, then moved up, uh, and he basically mainly worked with Willie Taggart. Uh, yep, following Willie, Willie Taggart where he went. So he has stops at Western Kentucky, USF, Oregon, Florida State. Um, and he FAU. mostly was either uh, FAU. He he was either a, a defensive coordinator or a linebacker's coach. And mostly everywhere he was, he was a linebacker's coach. So uh, He was Bethune also an All-American when he played at All-American. I mean, at Bethune-Cookman, yeah. 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 So, so uh, look for linebacker play to, to vastly improve. Uh, I'm not saying it was terrible or if it was bad last year, but when you have that much experience, look forward to improve, you know, especially with that being his specialty. Yeah. Um, but Bethune Cookman wasn't the only team, on the, on, <coughs> excuse me, the only school that uh, got a head coach. Morehouse got their man. Morehouse hired uh, alum Gerard Wilshire as their head football coach. 
He comes mm-hmm. in. He was a four-year letterman when he was at Morehouse. Uh, he's an alum with 30 years of coaching experience. Uh, he had stopped at Delaware State, Seton Hill, not Seton Hall, Seton Hill, uh, Rice, Cornell, UMass, and more. So they both schools getting a, a coach who are, you know, familiar with the school, familiar with the school, uh, alums, um, coaching experience, extensive coaching experience. Yeah. Um, uh, coach Wilcher, his la- he was actually been at Rice for the last five years as the cornerbacks coach. So be on the lookout for that. So yeah, man, it's a lot of a lot of <clears throat> a lot of alums going back to their old stomping grounds. Yes, sir. Several. So so now if we look at it, um across the swag, MIAC, um SIC, uh if you look at it, you've got um, these two gentlemen uh, that we just named, Mr. Uh, Coach Raymond Woody and uh, Gerard Wilcher. Um, then you've got uh, uh, Eddie Robson at Alabama State. Um, you've got um, TC, Mississippi Valley coach. Yeah. TC, also TC at Jackson, yeah. Mississippi Valley. Uh, uh, I can't, oh God, I can't even think of his name. I, I forgot his name too. I keep uh, wanting to say Dancy, I, and, and that's yeah, who, I, and who I keep wanting to say the, the uh, running backs coach because I just saw an interview with him today. Oh, what's that man? But yeah, so it's it's a lot of, and it ain't just if you go down to like the SAIC, Aaron James at Tuskegee, yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot of them, man. And I think I think it's it's kind of their way of of not not necessarily gatekeeping, but mm-hmm. of of making sure that whoever they put in charge knows Kendrick Wade. Uh, thanks, Chuck. Kendrick Appreciate Wade. that, yeah, man. Thank you. But um, but yeah, it's not a, it's not necessarily gatekeeping in my opinion, but it's their way of making sure that they have somebody put in place who understands the struggles that come with being a head being in a football program at HBCU and. And somebody who kind of knows what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. Speaking of that, I'm, I'm going to tease a little story we'll talk about on Thursday. Um, Eddie George. Eddie George did an interview with Shannon Sharp on his podcast. Uh, and Eddie George mentioned today that uh, with him coming from Ohio State, he doesn't fully understand, you know, saying everything about Tennessee State or HBCUs as a whole. Uh, so that's why his approach is a little bit different from what we've seen from uh coach you know saying uh coach uh sanders and 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 coach reed so we'll talk a little bit more about that on thursday but yeah i thought that was interesting that he brought that up jason brunfield says so is bethune cookman gonna fix the facilities all right so there was a video that came out i don't know if it was supposed to come out but there was a video that came out where the athletic director, the president, and some former players from Bethune Cookman met with the current players and you know, kind of heard some of their uh concerns and, and kind of gave some advice and um encouragement to the to the current players uh, about the situation at the end. But in that in that meeting, um Reggie Theus, athletic director and Dr. Drake, the interim president, both made um, some announcements that there would be upgrades making. They said that $3 million to the lock, improvements to the locker room for the uh, at the stadium that they play in and that they're trying to get um, the ball rolling for on, you know, on, 
on-campus practice facility. So I'm not sure you can take it for what it's worth. You know what I mean? That's just what they've said. We had, we obviously haven't seen anything, you know, come from that. But they said that the locker room will be ready before the season starts. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see if that comes true. But according to those people in charge at Bethune-Cookman, they have some things in place that are already – supposedly been bid and, and and things of that nature to get the ball rolling to get started. So we'll see. But I'm not sure if we can, you know, do anything other than than take the word of the president and the AD at this point. Yeah, um, I'm actually trying to look it up. Somebody actually brought up an article because um, not just the athletic facilities. I want to say it was like a one point something million dollar project was being going uh, ongoing as well uh, on Bethune Cookman for their um for the dormitories and stuff to help yeah. imp- improve the dorms uh and build more dorms as well um so there are things coming down the pipeline at bethune cookman um the, and i know the next question is going to be somebody's going to ask uh is did, did ed Reed, you know push this and stuff i think some of it you know the embarrassment uh, uh, and some of that stuff did help kind of speed some of this long or help some of this come out but I, I believe a lot of this was probably already in works seeing how mm. quick it's being announced now so yeah I think that I think there was just every just exposed <sighs> the lack of communication between the administration and those who are in charge of getting things done and the students and the public um and I think that but don't cookman realizes that and is trying to do a better job of being more transparent and you know and being more open in their communication. <clears throat> All right, yeah. Um, that is a this is a tea, Arizona tea. I'm drinking because I know <laughs> somebody gonna like got somebody gonna hit me up like, yeah, why is you drinking beer? Oh no, no, I don't. I'm bougie. I don't drink beer out of can. Um, this is something that uh that came up this uh this weekend, kind of in conversation. Um, and I thought it was interesting. It, it is now. It's something that Dion brought up as well during his time at Jackson State. Home games versus classic slash nat, uh, neutral site games. Um, I was talking with uh, Ken Clark from uh, the uh, fourteen hundred club, uh, Jackson State's, uh, you know, so one of their premier podcasts. Uh, shout out to those guys over there. When it comes to home games. We saw last year, uh, Grambling had no. I'm sorry, A and M, Alabama A&M had like four home games. Grambling and then had four, I think. Yeah, I, I know that Grambling has four this year, if I'm not mistaken. Right, they four, had four but, last year too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So the crazy part about it, there was actually like a month span in between. You know, what I'm saying some of those home games as well. Um, talking with Ken, and he was saying that Jackson State plays like their first five. They have, they have like five games before they even have a home game. Yeah, you know, to start the season, that is that is rough. Um, granted, I understand. Um, I can kind of see a reason why it happened back in the day. Um, but now is it time to – I'm not going to say get away from classics – was it time to start looking more towards having more home games and, and more home and home series versus actually just doing the um, 
Yeah, we we talked about this before. Like, I'm looking yeah. at Gremlins' schedule right now. Gremlins' last home game of the season is October 28th versus Bethune, and they have three games after that, all the way. Um, well, obviously, one of them is the Bayou Classic, and then they have the Alabama State. They have the Port City Classic in Mobile. Um, so they have two classics after their last home game. So we talked about this all the time, man. And yeah, I don't know if there's a right answer. Um, I think there's, I think there's points to be made to both sides mm-hmm. because you can have. Prime example, Bayou Classic. I'm just use mm-hmm. that one, all right? True enough, Gremlin and Southern would make more money, most likely, if the games was on, on their campuses. But the problem is, in my opinion, how many people would come if the game was in Gremlin versus how many people mm-hmm. attend when the game is in New Orleans? Being that it's in New Orleans, it becomes a destination event. You know what I mean? You're not just going for the game. You're going for the city and everything that, that comes with going to New Orleans. That's not happening if it's in Gremlin. It's it's not happening to that same extent if it's in Baton Rouge. So I think while they could make more money, it, the trade-off is, are, the, are you going to make more money because are, are as many people going to come? You see what I'm, So I feel mm-hmm. like you, ha- you got to find that fine balance of what – now I feel like some of these classics could be done away with and become home and home because not all of them have that kind of draw anymore. So I feel like you you should you got to kind of take it on a case by case basis. Um, I would love for the Bayou Classic to be at home and home. I just don't ever see that happening. Um, when you look at the Gulf uh, Gulf Coast uh, Challenge and stuff, um, you have Alabama and them plays the game, and and this year you got Alabama State as well that's going to play a game in, in Mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my city. Y'all, yeah, you know, I always, you know, say two, five, one, this, that, another. I'm be honest, I'd rather see more, you know, home and home. Or if we're gonna play games in in Mobile, uh, let's bring some more teams. I mean, I understand why Alabama, because you know, that's a a big recruiting base. It's a lot of a lot of my friends went to Alabama and them. Um, a lot of my friends went to Alabama State. So Mobile is a big recruiting base for that. But I would love to see um Southern play Texas Southern or something like that. You know, I, I mean, granted yeah. that again that that takes away somebody else's home at home. But if you can start rotating some of this stuff, which is one of the reasons the the challenge, the, the why they call it a challenge instead of a classic. Kevin, when Kevin Ball yeah. was on, he told us that so they can actually rotate opponents. But so. see, if you if if just using your example, if they did Southern versus Texas Southern in Mobile, how many people would go to that game? You see what I'm saying? So yeah. like. I mean, yeah, I get, I get it. You got that fact. You got to factor that part in. It don't make any sense to have that game. It would cost more than they would make. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's just that fine line, bro. And yeah. and I get it. But what's stopping it from being a classic? What's stopping this from still being the Bayou Classic if it's just played on a, on a home? It's the Bayou you know, Classic when it was forced to go to Houston, unfortunately. Oh, but. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I mean, I don't, I don't really see how. Being in New Orleans makes it the classic. I think you can still market it as the classic no matter where it's at uh, because the classic is Southern versus Grandma, and it's not the Superdome that makes it the classic. I just don't know if we'll ever get to that point. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I understand. 
I partially understand some of it, but it that I, that home at home. I know that I would. I know there are some kids who would love to know what it's like to play at Alabama State or what it's like to play at Alabama A&M versus we're gonna meet up in in Birmingham and play this game. Yes, yeah, I mean some of that. Some of the some of that is the is the is the fan base too, because yeah. like if you if you like the 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 Jackson State Alcorn like rivalry, Cobo, yeah. they don't they don't want that being a home home. They don't want to go to Alcorn. You know what I mean? Jackson State alumni don't. You know what I mean? They don't. Mm-hmm. So some of that is is on us, the fan base. That's you know true. what I'm saying? The fan base has to want. To want home and homes and has to want to do away from the classic and you know what I mean and the fanfare mm-hmm. and everything that comes with it because that's what it's not just about the game it's about everything that comes with it it's about the parties that they have and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying all that that comes with these classics I completely agree um I'm gonna tell you another thing that's hurting the uh these classics and stuff and and don't kill me. Some some of y'all don't don't kill me when I say this. Janky promotions. Yeah. Not and not all and not all classics are run with janky promoter, you know, some promoters, but we have seen and heard stories about how some of this stuff is is play, you know, plays out. Um stadiums not not necessarily being able to uh fill up, mm-hmm. you know, saying, but people can't get in the stadiums and uh Media members having problems getting access to the game, all kinds of stuff, man. It's just, yeah. And so, Jason says, I feel like people would travel for a home and home by your classic. That tailgate would be lit. And I, I don't disagree, but I talked to plenty of people who said, Oh, I come once just to see what it's like mm-hmm. on Grambling campus, you know what I mean? But I ain't trying to go to that country, you know what I'm saying? I've heard plenty of people say that. And so that's the thing. Like, is it worth getting rid of it just because you know that first time on campus is gonna be a you know what I'm saying? With it, the with the infrastructure what, supported though. That's that's, that's another, another big issue. That's another like then that's the thing. 15 games down the you know, 15 times through the cycle of home and home, is it still gonna be a big draw or people gonna be tired of making that drive? You know what I'm saying? So I feel like you you gotta look at the long term, not just oh yeah, the first couple of times would be lit. And it would be, you know what I mean, but I don't know if it's beneficial over the long term to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's exactly what we're saying, Dave. He said people go to the bayou to go to the city too. It's so much surrounding exactly. that game that it would be uh it wouldn't be the same. I agree. Exactly, bro. People make it the whole Thanksgiving weekend. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it ain't I, just yeah. I think another thing that hurts, uh, I mean, FCS, they only play 10 games anyway. Mm-hmm. You gotta throw a money game in there. Then you have X number of classics. That's another yeah. thing that's hurting. So, um, yeah. Um, but we can move on, man, because uh, we can talk about that all night. Um, after not making the playoffs last year, fam, you decided to uh, update their schedule by playing multiple D2 schools. Not one, but two. I guess you could say that fam, you was putting all day, um Hey, chill out, bro. <laughs> but uh, I guess you could say Willie Simmons is putting all his eggs in the in the celebration bowl basket this year. Okay. I guess I guess they looking at it like it don't matter if we're in the celebration bowl because the the problem was 
one of the reasons people said that fam you got left out of the FCS playoffs last year was because of their schedule, their strength of schedule. And a plan a D two school doesn't count for your, you know, towards your strength of schedule. So playing not one but two would really damper your strength of schedule. Playing a D one obviously don't need. I mean, playing a uh, FBS don't either. That's the that's I mean, the fun thing. If you well, yeah, win, but, but yeah. The, if you but if you, I mean, that's the thing. Like I get what you're saying, but they played one FBS and it basically canceled out by playing a D two. Mm-hmm. So all they played was substandard FCS based off the rankings because the SWAC wasn't that strong last year. So that's so the point is you don't really have this year you you're gonna cancel it out again and some. So it's basically you're hurting your case for, for making the playoff. So that's why I feel like they looking at it like we're gonna be in the in a uh, celebration ball so it don't really matter. Now yeah. if they if they don't win the East they can't be mad at nobody but themselves if they don't make the playoffs. Mm-mm. All right, <laughs> Ooh, that's gonna be. <laughs> I'm just. I mean, at this point, you, that's gonna be. You gave uh, the you gave the committee all the ammunition they needed by play, by playing two, you know, two D two schools. So I mean, yeah. they, that's that's all they got to say is look at your schedule. Yeah. Um. I learned something new today. I was today years old. Uh, there's a German football league. Yeah, I didn't know this neither. Uh, former Grambling State and Tennessee State quarterback Jeremy Hickbottom signs with the Cologne Crocodiles of the German Football League. I didn't know nothing about this, bro. Uh, but kudos to him on you know continuing his his career. Um, best of luck to him, and maybe he can make his way back to the states and get a chance to play in one of these new leagues over here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, I again. I, I'm I miss old uh, NFL, NFL Europe, Europe. yes. Sir. Anyway, but that was when I saw it. It's pretty interesting. So I, I'm about to look more into it. Um, but this does. I do want to say this is it. This is another avenue for um, HBCU players who want to continue playing football uh, to find an if if they don't necessarily get picked up by the NFL. Here's another league they can prove their talents and and, and showcase their talents and. and possibly still make the NFL uh eventually. Um yeah. so uh, looking forward to it, you know what I'm saying? But best of luck to him. Texas Southern get is getting uh a new DC. Uh, or it looks like they're getting a new DC. Uh this was uh first reporter I, I first saw a uh, shout out to Squacking the Fool uh says uh sources say that Former Grambling State DC Everett Todd is looking to go to Texas Southern. Everybody had everybody gonna have a former Grambling coach on their squad by the end of the uh, season, I guess. Yeah, Grambling got <laughs> all them coaches, and and it's like what tree? You know, we talking about you know yeah. saying who they fall under, you know, but somebody, <laughs> yeah, kudos to them. About six them. different people. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, all right, this next story. Mm. All right, we're gonna tread lightly on this one. Uh, Very. But, but let let me say this. This story uh, happened about a month ago. Uh, there wasn't much coverage on it. I I didn't even see it. As a matter of fact, I didn't even see it or hear about it until today. But uh, uh, level ten gymnast Leah Davis uh, 
is leaving or had left Fisk University's gymnastics team due to what she called bullying and hazing. Um, we actually have her, her statement here. Uh, she said in the statement, it is with a heavy heart that I announced that I am no longer a member of the Bulldogs gymnastics. I'm sorry, the Bulldog gymnastics team and my withdrawal from Fisk University. I had high expectations of myself in the hopes of making a significant impact in the world of gymnastics as a member of the first intercollegiate gymnastics team at any historically black college or university. The irresponsible actions of the administration in not addressing my documented issues of bullying and hazing has forced me to make a safety and mental health a priority. I wish the team much success in Las Vegas and I will look and I look forward to competing again very soon. Um, she did ended up transferring to Long Island University. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <sighs> uh, I, I don't fish university uh, said pretty much is it's an internal, uh, it's an internal matter and they're not, and they cannot comment. So um, I, I hate that this has happened. Um, I, I hate that the story is even coming up now, especially with all the success that Fisk has uh, has going forward. Um, and I wish all parties involved uh, can find some kind of resolution. I mean, I, it's it's unfortunate she's already left. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. I just my thing is my problem is with the timing. Yeah. Um. I feel like it's one of them situations to where it should have been made a story when it first happened, but mm-hmm. um, obviously that was the what the day before they competed in the uh, the Super Sixteen, and so I it's I kind of wonder if it was kind of I'm not gonna say swept under the rug, but it was kind of put on the back burner because of. You know the historic moment that was right. about to happen, and after that, they competed. The amount of you know coverage and positive publicity they were getting, if they just didn't want to kind of overshadow that, but in my that's kind of unfair to her, in my opinion, for um Fair. for her to kind of be you know I'm not gonna say silenced, but kind of. overshadowed by you know what i'm saying what mm-hmm. the the rest of the team was was going to do following her departure um i do wish that she, it would have been reconciled and she would have been able to compete with her team um i hope that it's something that gets resolved and no no one else has to go through what she you know claims she went through and and i hope it's something that doesn't it's an unfortunate situation and it needs to get the attention it deserves. But I also hope it, it's not something that lingers and we keep it hanging over the heads of all, the rest of the young women who are, you know, trying to compete and go through that season. Yeah. Um, when I saw or heard the story, cause me and you were talking about it. It was like, Hey, this story has been out and I kept looking for it. I saw a Reddit post and a blog site. Yeah. I saw, I saw one, uh, I think it was some like MEAC, uh website that had that's something the, that's about the blog. That, that was the blog. blog. So, uh, and yeah. then I saw like three or four gymnastics websites okay. that had something about it, but nothing HBCU related until mm. today, obviously. 
Wow. So yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to you know uh call out anybody for right their pub, yeah. you know for their coverage or lack of coverage on it, but I just want to be fair to both the young lady who left the team and the young women who are still on the team and you know and kind of cover it in the correct way to to not put one of them over the other. Yeah, I completely agree. I um me personally when we had to uh have the conversation last week about the Swag's lawsuit with mm-hmm. Urban Edge Network, I don't necessarily like these stories. Yeah. Um I ain't gonna say not necessarily. I don't like these stories. But what kind of what kind of podcast would we be if we only brought y'all all the the glory and, and, and all the happiness and didn't tell you, you know what I'm saying, the stuff that's, you know, really going on. So I just feel like, you know, it's, you got to be real. You know what I'm saying? So you got to grow up yeah. and, and, and be real. So um, it's unfortunate that we got to have these kind of conversations, though. Yeah, it is. But we can move on. Um, the swag. I mean, I'm sorry. I said the swag. <laughs> Southern wins the swag. Regular season bowling title. So. I wonder. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember like, who, won, who won the tournament last year. It was uh, I, I know remember. it was Alabama State and I don't know. I want to say it was Jackson I've slept State. since then. I've slept <laughs> a lot since then. But I just like I wonder do they just go pr- bowl every day for practice? Like what was this whenever I was in high school? Why we didn't have no bowling team and stuff like that? Yeah, so I could have got a scholarship on bowling. Do they I have actually, men's bowling? No, they don't. I uh, Title Nine. <laughs> I actually did do um, uh, a bowling class in college. Oh yeah, Easy A, huh? What? What man? I had I had the, the best form. I was I was out the thing rolling turkeys. But yeah, that was that was uh, Alabama State won it last year. So that's who won What's it last your, year. What was your highest score? 215, something like that. Oh, nah, yeah, you're killing me. Man. Be quiet. It was like, I, I mean, I, at one point, I was I was decent. I was good. Man, I, I, I'd be glad if I rolled two non-gutter balls right now, man. Oh, nah, I mean, 215, though, that's pretty legit, bro. Hey, it was, I, was, I, was, I was decent. I was decent. Yeah, I used legit. to, I, I, but I didn't roll, like, I didn't roll. I would throw it. Ah, uh, you want to know. You want to <laughs> know. Get let it get a little air. Hit that hit that center. Boom. Already there. So it's yeah, about so. right. Can't Should I say I would love to be in a bowling league? Man, for real though, bro. Man, them people too serious, man. Man, I got a coworker that's in a bowling league. He he got his own balls, shoes, and everything. Talking about going to get his ball replugged <laughs> and everything. Yeah, you too serious for me, man. Mm-mm. I'm trying to see who I know. Alabama State won the the, the uh, tournament last year. I'm trying to see. Oh, is that the tournament? Know. No, that was. Uh... I don't know. I don't know how bowling works, bro. I don't know if they got a regular season and a tournament, or if they just got. They a do tournament. have a tournament. Yeah, they do have a tournament because this they they do like a uh, final four and everything. Oh, it's for real? Mm-hmm. They they do like like a. Uh, like March Madness, they they go through the same thing. Yeah, last year it was um, 
Alabama State and Southern, and mm. Alabama State won. That's interesting. Yeah, but they do the because uh, I'm gonna tell you how I found out about uh, swag bowl or that that bowling period NCAA. Uh, the national championship one year was like Alabama A and M and like Cal. So random. It was very random, but it's like you know, yeah, go through the whole. And Cal mopped the flow with Alabama. <laughs> God, they beat them so bad that I was like, because I was, you know, so let's go. Yeah. You know, say so we got HBCU in there. Nah, not that year. Not that year. Man, it was just like maybe this year. You know what I'm saying? Maybe this year. Maybe so. Get get Pete Webber in that thing, coaching. That speaking of that, get my boy Mookie Betts to coach him. Mookie a dog. Yeah, I be Mookie, I be laughing at like them celebrity bowling. Hey, Mookie a dog though, for real. Yeah. Um, speaking of dogs from the West Coast, you heard me? Yeah. Ooh. Listen, that's one of my favorite. <laughs> Listen, that that dude, bro. When I heard this story, this next story, only thing I kept thinking and saying to myself, uh, "Sprinkle me, man. Sprinkle me. Uh, sprinkle me. Sprinkle me." That was my jam. That and uh. Uh, tell me when to go. Yeah. Mm, tell me when to go. Yeah. Jesus Christ had dreads, so shake them. I ain't got none. I'm thinking about growing some. But uh, if you hadn't heard, E40, E40 made a sizable donation to Grambling State's music program. I know this ain't football related. I know this ain't sports related. But, hey, it's about the bands. And we all know bands is just as big a part Thanks. of HBCU as anything else. Yeah, got a studio over there now in the G, man. Thanks to the boy E40, man. He uh, came through, dropped a bag on the band program, toured around campus and everything. Yeah, he went toured around campus and uh, you know met the band and kind of you know showed them some little things. But it's the first of many of what I think uh, from my um, from what I've heard. It's the first of what many contributions to what Grambling Band may be seeing in the future. So we'll see. But yeah, shout out to E40, man. Favorite uh favorite E40 song. Or or probably saying 10, probably 10 one to go. Uh oh his favorite saying? Ooh, I don't know. It's too many of them, bro. Uh I was <laughs> I'm I'm waiting on two I'm I'm hoping two short drop his drop a bag on somebody. Oh, we so all know his favorite. What's his favorite word? <laughs> yeah, this one that's a good one. Dusted and disgusted was a good one. But I, hey, I mean, shout out to uh, you seen Yard Talk. Uh, she posted some uh raps from E40 whenever he was on Gramlin campus, right. rapping about uh Charles Adams and uh Coach A. Robinson, which Robinson, that was yeah, pretty so. dope, man. That was pretty dope. Shout out to E40, man. Yeah, Le- legend, legend. Sugar, sugar, that's my sister. I man, I used to love that, that sprinkle me, man. But uh, man, shout out to him. So, but uh, that's not the only, only big musical, uh, news we got today. Yeah, TSU band, all soulful, won a Grammy for gospel. That's uh, yes, sir. that's um. Uh, 
Tennessee State, not not uh Texas Southern. I'm sorry. Yeah, our boy Chuck came through with the info. Tennessee State marching band won a Grammy last night for best roots of gospel album for their album Urban Hymnal. Yeah, so did did real big representing the HBCUs, man, and putting on for all the HBCUs last night. Congratulations to them. The video of their band watching it. And you know, celebrating mm-hmm. whenever there was announced, man, that was that was dope, bro. And it, it gave me chills, man, to see that. So big things for HBCU is doing big things. I know it's a lot of negative publicity and it's a lot of bashing going on these last few months and all that, but that don't change the fact that they're doing big things, winning Grammys, you know, getting $90 million research grants and all kind of other big things, man. So y'all, y'all can hate all y'all want, but y'all ain't stopping the progress HBCU is doing. Not at all. Not at all. So, um, I don't know if I got much more to add to that. That was actually a very good synopsis, sir. Thanks, uh, sir. Thanks, sir. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I ain't got much more. We can leave yeah. on that note. We'll see y'all Thursday, man. Yeah, we'll be back Thursday. Uh, I do know one of the topics, like we said, we'll be talking about Eddie George, his approach. Um, great interview, by the way. Great interview, great interview with Shannon Sharp. So, uh, hey, we'll see what we're gonna leave out on tonight. Let's bottom parlay. Uh, I gotta add bottom parlay. I got, oh, man, I got, I got, I got to add bottom parlay. What yeah, we mean? on, we on the new watch college. We on new watch. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Um, we'll go out on this. All right, we did. Like that, we at. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.